The message title today is Shake It Off. I'm in our series of Greater Things. Last week, we started a series called Greater Things, a year of miracles, signs, and wonders. And we talked about how bold it is to say that this is a year where we're going to continue to see greater things come from our Father. And it is bold enough and a little bit scary enough that we know we're walking in the right direction. Amen? It's through Him and for His glory that greater things come. And the things that we highlighted last week is that we are family. When you enter the kingdom, you enter a family. You have brothers and sisters surrounding you. We have been given divine access, gifted divine access to the king. Not when we get to heaven, but right now, you can come before the Father boldly with your needs. You can come before the Father boldly with your love and your outpour of praise. Amen? Right now, you have access. So when the enemy tries to say you're alone, he's not there, that's not true. You have divine access to greater things in our Father. Grace empowers us to receive unfading, inexhaustible riches of Christ, which are beyond our comprehension. Inexhaustible riches in Christ. Beyond our comprehension. Take a deep breath for a second. Think about, think about heaven for a minute. What is heaven going to be like? What is defined as riches in heaven? It's not the gold streets and the jewels on the walls. Those are bonus beauty. But the divine riches in heaven is Christ. What causes you to be moved in heaven is Jesus, and you have access to that right now. That same glory, that same presence in everything that you do, when you do it to honor and serve him, that's what the result is. Peace, patience, kindness, which just pours out. Loving Jesus gives us access to the impossible. Come on. We talked all December about the impossibility and what Jesus did and how he, he broke through impossibility and made it possible for us to step into the realm of impossibility and see it fall. Through grace, we receive boldness, courage. We receive access. And how do we do this? Do we read our Bible a lot? Do we pray a lot? Do we spend hours meditating? Those are all great things. But how do we move in impossibilities, Jane? How do we move in the presence of the Lord? We fall in love with our Savior. We fall in love with Jesus. We say, Jesus, you're all mine and I'm all yours. I fully surrender every area of my life and I want to move in the impossible. This situation, this struggle seems impossible to me and I know I cannot conquer it on my own. In my weakness, you are stronger. In my weakness. Guys, sometimes we are too prideful to even admit we're weak. And we continue in the same path because we don't want to admit we're wrong. Guilty. 
But I got to get that out of my way because I want to move in the impossible with Jesus. I want to see the kingdom come now. And I don't want to get in my own way. I don't want to get in my own way. And I don't want to get in between me and Jesus. And so what, what we need to do is maintain a heart that says, I love you and I need your help. I love you and I need your help. And you're going you're gonna to bring victory in this in me. And I'm going to trust you in this. And I'm going to see victory in this. Don't beat yourself up. Don't stay, don't stay tied up. You're free. The door's open. Walk out. His love empowers us to fulfill his word, to fulfill his commands. His love empowers us. Not how much we love him, but receiving his love empowers us to do it. That is such a relief. Come on. Receive his love, and it empowers you to move forward, to heal the sick, to raise the dead to take care of the poor, to bring the orphans into a home, to bring the homeless into a home, to feed and clothe those who are in need. This is the power that God gives us, and this is how it flows out, to bring justice to injustice. Amen? Our verse that, we've been, that we are going to be and we have hung out in is John chapter 14. And I'm going to go back a little bit in John chapter 14, I'm going to go back to verse 8. I read verse 12 last week. But I want to go back to verse 8 because Jesus says, I, I tell you this timeless truth. Greater things will you do in my name. Okay? That's the, where the message title came from. But he's answering a question. The reason why he's stating this is Philip, one of the disciples, says, Hey, Lord, show us the Father and we'll have all that we need. Jesus replied to Philip, I've been with you all this time, and you still don't know who I am? How could you ask me to show you the Father? For anyone who has looked at me has seen the Father. Don't you believe that the Father is living in me and that I am living in the Father? Even my words are not my own, but from my Father. For he lives in me and performs his miracles and of power through me. Believe that I live as one with my Father that my, and that my Father lives as one with me. Or at least believe because of the mighty miracles I have done. He's trying to bring his disciples into the fact that he is the Son of God and that he and his Father, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one. And that anything he says or does, he doesn't do without the Father's word. Amen? He moves in obedience to his father. And then he goes on to say, if you believe that, if you believe that I am who I say I am and that I am one with the father, if you believe that, guess what you get to be a part of? I tell you this timeless truth, the person who follows me in faith, believing that he is the son of God, that he is one with the father and one with the Holy Spirit, the person who follows me in that faith, believing in me will do the same mighty miracles that I do, even greater miracles than these, because I go to be with my father, for I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask me in my name. And that is how the Son will show what the Father is really like and bring glory to him. Ask me anything in my name and I will do it for you. 
When we move in that belief that he is the Son of God, and that is unshakable, and that he's one with the Father, anything is possible. In line with his heart. In line with his will. Amen? We are unapologetically pursuing the fullness of what Jesus paid for. We are unapologetically pursuing. Jesus said it. I believe it. I will stand on it, and I will move in it. He said, greater things will you do when you believe that I am one with my Father, when you believe that I have taken care of everything. Greater things will you do. It's a promise. It's a, it's a result. It's not even a promise. It's a result. He said, miracles, signs, and wonders will follow those who believe. A result of you believing in Jesus is the miraculous pouring out all around you. Amen? Amen. We cannot let unbelief keep us from fully moving into union with our Savior. This is going to be one of those messages that isn't all about the glory. It's about the grit. Okay? The title is Shake It Off. So this is just a recap of everything we talked about last week, but I just wanted to reemphasize that if we believe that he is who he says he is and what his word says is true, then we have the power to stand on it and move in it because it'll be a natural result of faith. Amen? And today we're going to talk about a little bit of the grit of this. Remember, all the glory is in you picking up your cross. All the glory is in you laying down your life and saying, I will take up my cross and I will follow you. The glory comes in the grit. And I don't know why that word came to me, but I feel like this is the part where it gets a little bit hard. And Jesus says this is what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to move. And I don't want anything getting in my way. If this is his word and this is the truth, then we need to move from unbelief to full throttle, guns ablaze, and let's go. We are moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. We are taking hold of the gospel truth, and we are going forward with it, and nothing can stand in between us and him. That's the promise that is in the word. Last Sunday morning, I woke up at 6.30 in the morning. Actually, I think it was right, right at 6 o'clock. And I woke him up because I had had a dream. And the dream woke me up, and instantly the Lord gave me these three words, shake it off. I want you to tell. The, I had a dream about a person, and I, and I shared that dream with them. And it was really accurate and really prophetic and really crazy. And greater things will we do in his name. It's not for my glory. I've never had a dream quite like that before. But I woke up from the dream, and I, I knew I had to deliver the message to this person, but the Lord instantly said, shake it off. I want you to tell them to shake it off. This is the conclusion of your message. And I don't know if you realized, but last week in the prayer, while I was praying over you, I said, shake off anything that hinders. Shake off anything that hinders. Shake it off. And so I ran to my phone. I was still in bed. I reached over and got it. But I went to my phone, and I looked up, because shake it off was the words that came. And then the Taylor Swift song came, and I'm like, that can't be right. Okay, let's find, <laughs> haters gonna hate, hate, hate. Okay, no. 
I really wanted to play that song. <laughs> Just for the shake it off, shake it off, oh, oh, part. But we're not going to play it. We, we don't have to now. I did it for you. Yay. <laughs> I'm not Taylor Swift, though. <laughs> I lost my train of thought, guys. <laughs> Come on back. So I went to the Word, and I knew the verse, but I didn't know the exact location. It happened to be Hebrews chapter 12, and it was already in the message for the morning. Run the race with perseverance. Shake off anything, and it's not the words in the verse, but let go of anything. We're going to go into that. Let go of anything that would hinder you. Shake it off. And so, so point one is shake. Shake, 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 like your chain, chain, chain. That's a Mercy Me song. You should listen to it. It's fun. Another one that he wouldn't let me play this morning. Shake, knock it loose. Get it off. Rid yourself of it. Shake it off. I've seen some of you, when a bug gets on you, shake. Come on. Get it off. Get it off. Get it off. I've done it before. <laughs> Run with me to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Rid yourself of it. Anything that will stand in between you and him, shake it off. As for us, verse 1, we have all these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. Other versions say we have veterans of the faith cheering us on. We have all of these witnesses who've gone before us that encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into, then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination for the path has already been marked out before us. Other version, NIV, let us throw off everything. KJV, let us lay aside every weight. ESV, let us also lay aside every weight. NLT, let us strip off every weight. And then I had to put the message version in. It's paraphrased, but I really like how it's said in the message version. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it means we better get on with it. Strip down, start running, never quit, no extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Run that race. And at the end of this part, I didn't put this in here, but at the end of this part of the passage, it says it will be like adrenaline shooting through your veins when you shake off anything that would hinder you, when you get rid of anything that would stand in between you and him. Greater things only come through dying. Now that's really bold. Death's been defeated, Leslie. Yes, I'm not talking about that. Luke 9, 23 through 25. There's a lot of scripture today, so just roll with me. Can't help it. It's too good. 9, 23 through 25. What it means to follow Jesus Jesus said to all his followers, if you truly desire to be my disciples, you must disown your life completely. 
Embrace my cross as your own. Surrender to my ways. For you choose self-sacrifice, giving up your lives for my glory. You will embark on a discovery of more and more of true life. But if you choose to keep your lives for yourselves, you will lose what you are trying to keep. So what does it mean to shake it off? You shake off anything that hinders, any weight. And I like how the Passion Translation said, anything that's pierced us. So it's anything that's been done to us that has broken us and anything we've chosen to do that has broken us. We got to shake it off. And I realize that sounds really simple and really sweet, Leslie. Good, great, uh-huh, good job. Shake it off, right. You don't understand the layers. You don't understand the pain. You don't understand the suffering. You don't know. He does. And if he said it's possible to be healed and to be whole, then it is possible for him to come into those circumstances you're unsure there's actual potential healing for and for him to wreck those circumstances and bring healing and bring that brokenness back to wholeness and it will glow with glory. He can do it. But it takes us saying, I'm going to lay myself down because I don't know what else to do. I got nothing else. I got to lay down my pride. I got to lay down anything, anything that would stop me from letting you in, and I'll just be surrendered. And then watch what happens. Experience his love, because that's the immediate result. So what is the it that we're talking about? We say shake, get it off, let it go, lay it aside. It, what is the it? What are we talking about? Go to Ephesians, Ephesians 4, verse 30. The Holy Spirit of God has sealed you in Jesus Christ until you experience your full salvation. So never grieve the Spirit of God or take for granted his holy influence in your life. Zone in on, so never grieve the Spirit of God. So when you look up that word grieve in the Aramaic, the text reads, do not limit his scope. Do not limit his scope. What does that mean? What does scope mean? Scope means space for movement or activity, opportunity for operation. So do not limit the Holy Spirit's space for movement and activity. Do not limit his opportunity for operation in your life. That's what Paul is saying to the church in Ephesus when he says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Stop limiting the Holy Spirit. Stop limiting his opportunity to operate fully in your life. How do we grieve the Holy Spirit? How do we limit his space? It's the it. It's sin. Persistently or habitually. 
surrendering to sin and its influence in our lives. 1 John 3, verse 6, it's on the screens. It says, anyone who continues to live in him, talking about Jesus, will not sin. Now, this is not meaning, okay, we're human, we're going to make mistakes, that's inevitable. Here, this is talking about persistent sin, living a lifestyle in sin. Anyone who continues to live in him will not sin, but anyone who keeps on sinning does not know him and does not understand who he is. This is truth. It's hard. But if we continue to just live submitting to sinful desires, sinful actions, things that separate us from Christ, we really don't know God. And we definitely do not understand who he really is and what he is really like. And Isaiah says, your sinful deeds have built a barrier between you and God. Sin separates us. It removes us from his presence. It removes us from his correction, his growth in us. Biblically, sin, I know this is so fun to talk about, by the way. Biblically, sin is not just defined by doing wrong things. Because a lot of the times, that's where our minds just naturally go, is I didn't do this today, I didn't do this, I didn't do that. Good job, right? Sin is defined two ways according to Scripture. Doing wrong things, which we're all very aware of, and failure to do the right things. In James, it's on the screen, it's James 4.17. So if you know of an opportunity to do the right thing today, yet you refrain from doing it, you're guilty of sin. So it's not about just avoiding and not doing things that we know are wrong and that we know are sin. It's failure to do the right things, things that we feel the Holy Spirit prompting us to do, opportunities that we see to love people, to help people, to support them. When we make excuses for our time and we don't practice his presence on a daily basis, and we don't enter into intimacy with him, but we make excuses saying, I, I'm just too busy, I just don't have enough time. I can watch Netflix for three hours tonight, but I don't have enough time to spend with him. Or when I don't understand the Bible, so I, I don't read it because it's too hard to understand. Listen, the Holy Spirit will help you understand, but if you're not reading it, you definitely will not understand. I love Bill Johnson. He says people use the excuse that I can't remember what I read. He says, well, I don't remember what I had for breakfast three days ago, but it still nourished me. The right things. Things that we know we are called to do and operate in and walk in. We have to take advantage of those opportunities. 
Why do we choose to sin? Why do we sometimes choose to live in a lifestyle where we know either we're doing things that we shouldn't or we're avoiding things we know we should? Why do we do that? It's very simple. Because we don't really believe God's word. We don't really believe in his goodness, in his promises. Really believe. And so we choose to do our own thing because we think it's going to bring us more pleasure that God really isn't going to bless me like his word says, so I'm going to hold on to what I have, my possessions, my time, and I'm not going to live as a steward that everything is really his. I'm not really going to trust his faithfulness, and so I'm gonna choose to live my life differently than how his word has called me to live. That's really, when you boil it all down to it, sin is just not believing God is really as good as he says he is. Just like Eve in the garden. She really didn't believe that God was that good. She thought there was more. She thought there was something better. And how we do that so often because the enemy is so good at deceiving us that this will help you more. This will make you feel better. This will make you look better. This will give you a better image. And so we fall into that trap. And before we know it, sometimes we are so deep in, we don't even know how to climb out anymore. And we use it as a crutch because of unbelief and doubt. Paul says in Thessalonians, never restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. Kind of echoing what he said in Ephesians. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit or take his holy influence for granted in your life. And then in Thessalonians, never restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. In the NIV, it uses the word quench. Do not quench the fire of the Holy Spirit. This quote is on the screens. To quench is to stop the flow of something. To stop the flow of something. As the Holy Spirit is ready to bring salvation and healing and deliverance, we are to flow with him. Failure to do so hinders his efforts to bring us into the supernatural. This is where we wanna go. We wanna see greater things. We wanna see miracles, signs, and wonders. Not for our glory, not for our fame. We don't have to broadcast it to anyone. It's for his glory. It's to see his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And for us to step into that movement of the Holy Spirit, we cannot quench what he is doing. We cannot put out that fire by surrendering to our own flesh and our own decisions. We have to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We have to shake it off. 
and know that he is so much better than any of that crap that we do, that we believe. His presence is better. His goodness is better. His promises are better every time. Shake it off. The Holy Spirit, it says right there, is ready to bring salvation and healing and deliverance. And we have to move and flow with him. If we don't, we will never step into the supernatural. We will never step into greater things. And this type of message is very easy to kind of just put your head down and ignore. But it's so true. And his promises are so good, we can't miss it. We can't just keep living life and just keep making excuses that life is hard and no one else understands, and so I'm going to do this and this and this. We just need to submit fully to him. I need to submit fully to him and trust in his goodness and his promises and shake everything else off. We will not experience the fullness of what Jesus paid for. That's what we said we're doing, right? We are unapologetically pursuing the fullness of what Jesus paid for. But we will not experience that until we fully submit to his love and goodness and shake off every chain of unbelief, doubt, and fear. Because that's what keeps us tied up. Unbelief, doubt, and fear. So I was studying this Thessalonians passage, never quench the fire of the Holy Spirit. And so I looked down into the, the commentary section of my Bible where some study notes are, and the only thing it had for that verse was see Song of Songs 8, verses 6 through 7. And I thought, well, that's kind of odd, um, because you, you normally don't, don't see a whole lot of references to the book of Song of Solomon. We don't preach that book very often. And this book was written by Solomon to his lover. But it is also a metaphor for Christ and his church. And so it pointed me to this verse, this passage of scripture, and I started reading this passage and I just sat there for a few moments because it blew me away and it wrecked me after I read it. And I thought, wow, how powerful this is to what we're talking about right now. So it's on the screens, follow along with me. Fasten me upon your heart as a seal of fire forevermore. Now the word seal there in context means prison cell. And that'll make sense in just a moment. Read that again. Fasten me upon your heart as a seal of fire forevermore. This living, consuming flame will seal you as my prisoner of love. Kind of an interesting way to look at it. Are we prisoners to the love of God. My passion is stronger than the chains of death and the grave, all consuming as the very flashes of fire from the burning heart 
of God. He's saying, my passion for you, my love for you is stronger than any chain, than any grave, than any temptation, than any weakness. And your love for me is what empowers you to overcome that, right? It's what we've been hearing. Place this fierce, unrelenting fire over your entire being. Keep going. Rivers of pain and persecution will never extinguish this flame. Endless floods will be unable to quench this raging fire that burns within you. Everything will be consumed. And here's my favorite part. It will stop at nothing. This fire of the Holy Spirit will stop at nothing as you yield everything to this furious fire until it won't even seem to you like a sacrifice anymore. The more that we surrender, the more that we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit and we submit to his goodness and his promises, these things that we're shaking off, these struggles that we've had some for years and years and years and years, it's not even going to feel like a sacrifice anymore in comparison with the goodness of God that we're receiving, the empowerment of his Holy Spirit that he's giving to us. So yield yourself to him fully and completely. It will stop at nothing as you yield everything until it won't even seem like a sacrifice anymore. That is so good. That is so good, and it is his promise. So let that be your prayer. Holy Spirit, overwhelm me with your fire. Burn everything off in me that is not of you. I yield myself fully and completely to you, as painful as it may be at some times. Take it all. I only want you, Jesus. Amen? So when the fire comes... And when we surrender and we get it off, he doesn't leave us empty. He doesn't take away the sin, the pain, and then leave us with nothing, right? The word off means away from, moving away, so as to be removed or separated. Shake it off. Remove it. Be separated from it. Get it off. Let it go. Let go of the pain. Let go of the sin that so easily ensnares. And believe he is enough. I think Travis said that so many times, and I love that. He's enough. That should bring us so much joy and so much freedom. I, I wrote this down, and I read this over and over again. He doesn't leave us empty. Come on. He doesn't leave us empty. He has replaced those things with his love. And he, we activate freedom when we believe him. That part right there. We activate freedom in our lives from the, the chains that the enemy has tried to strangle us with. We activate freedom when we believe that our Savior is enough for us. We believe that the Holy Spirit's fire is consuming we believe and we claim and we take hold and we trust. If you go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 21 through 25, just listen. Don't go there. Just listen. And since we now have a magnificent king priest, 
to welcome us into God's house. That's where you are. When you become a daughter and a son, you are welcome into his home. You are his daughters. You are his sons. You are his family. We come closer to God and approach him with an open heart, fully convinced by faith that nothing will keep us at a distance from him. Are you fully convinced by faith that nothing will keep you at a distance from him? If you wake up tomorrow and there is nothing but darkness surrounding you, nothing can keep you at a distance from him. All you have to do is step into the light. All you have to do is, Father, I need you, and he is there right now. He has never left. Whatever the circumstances look like, Nothing. This is his word. It is true. Nothing can keep us at a distance from him. For our hearts have been sprinkled with blood to, be rem to remove impurity. And we have been freed from an accusing conscience. And now we are clean, unstained, and presentable to God inside and out. When you say yes to Jesus, that is your stance. You are free from the accuser. You are free from the accuser. Don't entertain him. Don't listen to him. Don't let him back in there. You're free from him. Amen? So now what do we do? I said he doesn't leave us empty. Now what do we do? What do I do tomorrow, Leslie? That all sounds well and good. And this is the struggle I have, but what do I do? We cling. So we cling tightly to the hope that lives within us. Knowing that God always keeps his promises. This is verse 23. Discover creative ways. So this is, this is cool. I love this. So we cling to Jesus, the hope that we have, but we don't sit at home and twiddle our thumbs. We don't just do nothing once we're free. What do we do with our freedom? We activate it. We let the impossible pour through it. Amen? Keep going. Discover creative ways to encourage others. Don't keep your mouth shut. You've got the best news on the planet. You are free. Don't keep your mouth shut. Encourage one another. Encourage others and motivate them towards acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together, as some have formed the habit of doing, because we need each other. We are family. You are not in this alone. So as soon as you say yes to Jesus, you are not in this alone. You are a part of his family. I told you it was going to get annoying how often I said that. We are family. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage each other and urge each other onward as we anticipate the day dawning. Heaven on earth being together, worshiping together, fighting together, praying together, mourning together, walking through this together. Sometimes you feel so weak and God puts a brother or a sister in your path for a reason to lift you into that place of wholeness, to remind you that he hasn't left you and that he is enough. We need each other. And then if you go back to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, the verse directly following the one we just read, run with perseverance. If you go back to that, it says, so run the race, right? Run the race. Shake off everything that hinders. Run the race. How do we do that? We look away from the natural realm. Come on. This is the word. 
We look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. How do we get free from sin? We don't do it on our own accord. We don't work for it. We don't fight in it. We keep our eyes fixed on Jesus in the supernatural, on him who birthed the faith within us. And through our eyes being fixed on him, everything else will get shaken off. Everything will fall off. It's his word. His examples, example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy. Okay, so he doesn't just tell us. I'm sorry, I know I keep jumping back and forth and talking in the middle of the verse. But he doesn't just tell us to keep our eyes fixed on him. He says, this is my example, follow it. If you, if you struggle, I want you to hear this because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his. Again, you are his. You belong to him. You are loved. He endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the Father. So if you get distracted, know his example. Remember what he did for you. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. What is the joy set before you that you pick up your cross and follow him? He is the joy. Fix your gaze on him. Get out of the natural realm and step into our kingdom realm thinking. He is my joy. He is my everything. Your spouse cannot be your everything. Your children cannot be your everything. Your work cannot be your everything. Those are sidebar blessings, but he has to be where your gaze is fixed. And everything else will pour out of that. And freedom is yours. Amen? Shake it off. I want to do one more verse. And I like it. Isaiah 52, 2 through 4. Arise and shake off your dust. Arise and shake off your dust. Sit in throne, Jerusalem. Break off your shackles of bondage from your neck, you captive daughter of Zion. If you look in the footnotes in the Passion Translation, the dust can be also include our dust nature. Our dust nature. Shake off that human nature that you think that has control over you and you just don't have the victory. Shake off your dust nature. We need to crucify it and be clothed with Christ. Part of Satan's curse is that he would eat dust. Whatever we withhold from God becomes food for the serpent. Come on. Wow. Get it off. Shake it off. We shake off, overcome the dust of our old life and rise up in our new life enthroned with Jesus Christ. You are enthroned with him now. You are, in th you, you are in his presence now. Not when you get to heaven. Now he is with you. You have divine access now. You have freedom now. You have healing now. The Hebrew word for shaking out is na'ar. And it means the shaking out of a lion's mane. In that part of the passage, it says, arise and shake. Arise and shake. Shake means shaking out of a lion's mane. 
or shaking up and down. Watch this. You can mute it, Troy. You can mute it. how poofy it was after he did that. <laughs> how beautiful. The glory that came after he shook it off. I can't do that or I'll throw my neck out. <laughs> Will you stand? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Greater things will you do in his name because he is enough for you. I want to tell you a quick story. Patricia King, I shared a little bit about her testimony last week, but I want to bring this home. I want you to hear this. I think I believe that she's a missionary, a prophetess. She is a powerful woman of God, and she was in Africa, and this father brought his little girl her legs were mangled, twisted, and had been all of her life. And he brought her to Patricia because he had nothing else. He had tried everything. There was nothing else that could be done. She was older. He was carrying her. She was, she was, a, she was probably, I think, I can't remember the age, that, but she was a child, not a baby. Legs twisted. And, and Patricia said as they came to her for prayer, as they were brought to her for prayer, she, she looked at the baby and she just had this thought of like, I, I'm not enough for this. She said, I knew that my father was enough, but I didn't think he would want to use me and that, that this miracle would actually happen, but I knew he was enough, so I partnered with his enoughness, and I, and I went ahead and I prayed, even with that little tinge of like, I'm not enough in my head, I prayed over this little girl, and you would think that she would have been so bold and like, it, it, I prayed and it happened. But this was the thought process that was going through her mind. And she could have let the enemy stop God. She could have agreed with the enemy that she's not enough. And she could have agreed and, and disagreed with the Father being enough. And the, and the miracle could have been just nothing happened. But she decided not to get in her way and his way. And she decided to agree with him. So she called down healing on this little girl. And she said there was nothing fancy about the prayer. She just prayed over her healing, agreeing with the truth, agreeing with what the Father says, that he is here to bring wholeness and healing into bodies. And when she finished, the little girl's legs had straightened. Straightened. This is real life. Just happened. The little girl's legs had straightened up and she got up and began to walk around for the first time. Come on. 
stand in between us and him. No matter how weak you feel, he is made perfect in your weakness. He is made perfect in your weakness. And if he has called us and said, I declare Lifeway is going into greater things this year, then I refuse to partner with anything else. I refuse to partner with sin. I refuse to partner with anger. I refuse to partner with anything that would bitterness, anything that would get in between me and him. And even if I don't feel it, I will agree with the truth. Even if my feelings are not lining up, my faith will stand. Come on, that we need to hear that. I need to hear that. I am preaching to myself. Even if I am not feeling the feelings, I will stand in faith and I will declare the truth of the word. I will declare the truth my father spoke from the beginning. That through him, we are made perfect. We can approach boldly the throne room and we can see greater things happen. So we have to shake off anything that hinders and run the race. Let's get our shoes on. Don't just sit there and stare at them anymore. Don't sit and stare at your shoes. Get them on your feet. Start stretching and let's go. Let's go. Run to him. Run to him. He will guide and direct your path. Run to him. Cling to him. Keep your gaze fixed on him. This is between you and him right now. Let his holy fire consume your heart. That passage is powerful, but we can stop it from happening. We can limit the scope. And Father, oh God, I never want to limit the scope. Break anything off of me that would stop you from having free reign. Burn. When you get him, you get it all. When you get him, you get it all. When you get him, you get it all. The consuming fire of heaven, freedom from every bondage, healing in every level of pain. He is enough. He is enough. Shake it off and be clothed in righteousness and glory. Be clothed in righteousness and glory. He said it. I believe it. I stand on it. And I move in it. He said it. I believe it. I stand on it. And I move in it. Right now. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. Holy Spirit, I pray that there wouldn't be shame. I pray against shame and guilt. Those are not your words. That is not your language. Your language is conviction and power. Your language is conviction and fire and and is immediate results. So right now I pray that those that are in the room that have struggled with a sin for years and years would in an instant receive relief, in an instant receive fresh water flowing through them. In an instant when they say yes to you and surrender that, it would be gone in Jesus' name. We're going to take a minute and, and, and pray. Because this is personal and yet so powerful. And this is something we can't shy away from. If there is anyone, if there is anyone in the house that has not yet said yes to him, this is your moment. This is your time. Do not waste another second. Do not waste another second. He is here. He is enough for you. He has everything you need. He has freedom beyond your imagination. It says more and more true life is yours through Jesus. So right now, if there's anybody in the house that wants to say yes to him, 
whether it's the first time or whether it's been a few years and you feel like you're lost and you're just empty and you just need more, right now, this is the moment. We cannot let this moment pass. And the prayer is simple. Jesus, pray it with me. Everyone, let's pray it together. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. I need your healing in my life. I need your freedom in my life. I need your freedom in my life. Forgive me. Forgive me of the sin. Forgive me of anything that would get in between me and you. I need your Holy Spirit to breathe on me. I need the fire from heaven. Thank you for your salvation. Thank you for your love. And right now, I don't want you to be overwhelmed by anything other than love. Right now, the Father does not want you to be overwhelmed by anything other than love. He loves you. He sees you. He knows you. He created you. He created you. He knows your innermost thoughts, struggles, fights. And in this moment, he is ready to bring freedom. And he wants the shackles off as just as much as you do. So I'm gonna, we're going to do an altar call because I just feel like it's, it's a step. Take a step in boldness. I want out of this. I want this off. It could be perfectionism. It could be trying to uh, bring, win people's love. It could be anger. It could be stealing. It could be anything. We don't have to name the sin. It's sin. It doesn't matter. But I'm going to take a step and I'm going to move out of my own self. I'm going to lay down my pride and I'm going to get free today. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. This is between you and your savior right now so if you feel so moved and it, it this isn't this isn't to embarrass you or to say oh hey guess what every single one of us should probably move to the altar right now because we all sin and we all fall short of the glory of god right but i believe there are people in here that the enemy has been trying to drown he's been trying to kill you and take you out and this is your moment to take a step of faith and we have people ready to pray for you in this altar so if this is your time and you want to get out you want to step out of the boat you want to walk on the water this is your moment right now right now let's go move if it's you move do not hesitate do not think about it do not overthink it get out and move right now you are free in Jesus name there is no judgment there is no condemnation Come on. Come on. This is your moment. This is your moment. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 I pray that those would surround and begin to pray over the people that are standing in the altar. We're going to pray, and right now, you just lay it down. If you're standing here, you just lay it down, and I'm doing it with you. I'm up here with you. I'm laying it down. I'm laying down pride. I'm laying down hurt. I'm laying down pain. You just lay it down right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you still need to move, move. If you still need to come, come. Don't hesitate. Right now, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're free. We're free. We're free. We're free. We're free. You're free. You're free. You're free. You're free indeed. Shackles fall. Shackles fall. Shackles fall. 